pro wrestling talk from the four corners of parts unknown. This is That Wrestling Podcast. Okay, it's time for a That Wrestling Podcast Extra. It's Brian here hosting the show today. I am thrilled to welcome a special guest with me. I've been following this person's writing for a long, long time. He covers the Sacramento Kings for The Athletic and prior to that with the Sacramento Bee. And I was excited when a few months back, he started a new wrestling podcast. It's called Yes, I'm Watching Wrestling. Let's welcome Jason Jones. Jason, thank you for the time. How are you? I'm doing good, you know, just enjoying the off season as much as I possibly can, trying to sneak a little vacation in here and there. You know, it's, it's a different type of off season because everything started later than normal. And then yeah. the season's going to start at the regular time. So usually I'll have with the Kings, I'll have like from mid-April. <laughs> right. I'll, have like a nice little, I'll have like a nice little break before we got to worry about the draft this year it's like yeah. okay wow season just ended oh yeah the draft you know you got six weeks now yeah. <laughs> to the lottery and yeah so it's which isn't too normal but the fact that the lottery is you know you know is in june the draft is late july it's just a whole it throws your entire that kind of just planning rhythm off i believe it yeah you you haven't had to experience uh a long Kings playoff run. So you have that going for you as far as your time <laughs> off, I suppose. So, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't had it. to, I've never had to cancel any, you know, off season plans <laughs> because the Kings have made a surprise run in the postseason. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, I wanted to start off. We start off all of our shows with a, a segment that we call, what are you wearing? What are you wearing? What are you wearing? What are you wearing today, today? What are you wearing? What are you wearing? What are you wearing today? We always wear a wrestling shirt to start off each podcast. And it looks like you got one that you're representing uh, for us tonight. What do you got? I got the Kevin Owens fight, Owens fight. Beautiful. Beautiful. I've got a, I, I've got a crazy collection of shirts. I just grabbed one of them. I'm like, you know, which one is it going to be today? And I haven't worn this one probably in forever. So, but yeah, I've got a, I've got a ton of shirts. And now my son is old enough to go through my shirts and take the ones he wants to wear. I tried to buy yeah. him his own. He'll be like, hmm. Yeah, he's he's 12 and he's really big into old matches. Okay. Yeah. So he'll go back seven, eight years and I've got shirts from seven and eight years ago. He'll be like, Oh, look what I found. And <laughs> I see him going to school and, you know, my suplex city shirt or something. Oh my God. You know, he, you know, he just thinks it's the coolest thing. I have all these shirts that he can take. That's awesome. Do, do you have a personal favorite? Hmm. I mean, I don't have a, I think uh, yeah. probably top one of my top ones would be my hot rod shirt. Yeah. Classic. Cause it took me Classic. forever to find that shirt. And when I found, when it finally became available, I, like, I got to get the Roddy Piper shirt. So I mean, that's probably right at the top of the list. Uh, yeah. I mean that Love one, it. I've got a, I like my uh, Bray White, my Fiend shirt. Cause it's one of those all uh, over, you know, shirts. I've, I've got a bunch of them. I mean, I didn't like Roman Reigns stuff until he became a heel. So I didn't get any Roman Reigns stuff until then. I mean, I've got a guy, Ric Flair, I've got an old Ken Anderson T-shirt. Oh wow! I can't find, but I mean, the from his from his in from his TNA Impact days. I've right. got some stuff from there. You know, I, I just have shirts from everywhere. You know, a lot of the guys I have, 
some of them aren't even wrestling anymore. I think my maybe my all time favorite shirt was my Damian Sandow. I think therefore I'm greater than you shirt. <laughs> That's classic. He he was amazing. He was yeah, amazing. I've got those, and a lot of times I'll just wear the shirts to you know king's practices and that's when i start finding out how many players watch wrestling yeah there's like i think for the kings spencer halls and john brockman were the two biggest fans okay yep remember those guys from a couple years back now yeah so yeah they you know i think uh there was a pay-per-view i forget which one it was in sacramento and i went to the pay-per-view got the shirt and came to practice a couple of days later they're like oh my god you got to go yeah <laughs> became a completely yeah. different conversation and another king's assistant coach elston turner was a big wrestling yep. guy and one of my favorite people from the, the kings daryl arada he's with the warriors now but he was in their pr department huge wrestling fan way back in the day because we'd be working he would record the pay-per-views on on then burn them to dvds oh my god you know pre pre wwe network days and we'd right. go we went to a few shows, you know, maybe in Sacramento. So yeah, I find all the even when my my Raider my Raider rest, Raider coverage days, I'd yeah. find wrestling fans running former running back Lamont Jordan was a huge wrestling yep. fan, big fan, and one of our one of our kind of like tougher wrestling talks was I saw him. He was the first guy I ran into in training camp after the Chris Benoit situation. Okay. And the first thing he said to me, man, you see that Benoit stuff? So, yeah, yeah you know. So he knows, the, yeah. Yeah, all the wrestling fans and wherever I cover always find me. Well, and, and that's part of the, that ties into just the name of your podcast. Yes, I'm watching wrestling. Because having that introduction with friends or in your case, you know, people that you're covering isn't always the easiest. So if you're sporting a shirt that it gives that instant recognition of, okay, this guy, you know, unless you're wearing it for just like retro vintage style, this mm. guy knows, you know, what's going on in the wrestling world. Um, yeah. And even how I came up with that title was because the wrestling fans defended me. So that was, <laughs> that was yeah. a crazy day. I met the, oh, the, the 20, I think it was the 2017 NBA finals and the, Warriors are just just like destroying the Cavs. And like, yeah. like there's no way they're gonna win this game. And it was a Sunday, so there's a pay per view, and the match was I thought it was Neville versus Austin Aries. Okay, correct. So I'm watching that, and like I don't know who the guy was, but he's sitting in the back, and he like takes a picture of me, and tweets it, and says, "Hey, this guy should get his credential revoked. He's watching wrestling during the game." I'm like, "Yes, I am watching wrestling." Number one, number two. Who are you? And then like all these wrestling fans started attacking that guy. Once yeah. I kind of I kind of owned up there, that's me. And then Matt Hardy, you know, got a hold of it. He tweeted the guy and tweeted me like, hey, I got you. And, you know, and then then I then Triple H tweeted me to let me know he supported me, you know, watching wrestling instead of watching the game. So that was like a fun little. That was a fun couple of days between, you know, Matt Hardy, Triple, everyone like telling me, hey, we got you on this. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great story. I'm, I'm so glad you shared it. I know you shared it on your podcast, too. Real quick on that, too. Did the the person who took that picture, did they like physically confront you about that, too? Or was he just working on the down low and posted it trying to out you? He was just, see, it was weird because he was sitting behind me, but yeah. above me. 
So yeah. he just took the picture, never said anything. Wow. Okay. And so that's then, so shady. Yeah. Yeah. And then when it when it, it kind of got out and all that was happening and people started jumping on him, I went to the next game. He apologized. He was just okay. so sorry. He was like, "Man, I didn't think it was gonna. You know, I wasn't really trying to get your credential revoked. You know, I, he said I was I was trying to make a joke that." I le- he learned that day the wrestling fans weren't going to let him slander me. <laughs> <laughs> Lessons so, learned. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, if, I, if I've got all the way up to Triple H telling him that it's okay, you know, he was like, well, I had no idea wrestling fans would, you know, come at me like that. I mean, yeah. people were like, like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, why weren't you watching the game? That's creepy. You're taking pictures of people. Right. I'm like, I wasn't watching anything crazy. Like, the Warriors were like, like I'm like 30. I mean, there was nothing to, you know, nothing to watch anymore. Yeah. Game's over at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Game's right. over. Now you're thinking about what do I want to write about later? Right. And in the meanwhile, let me get my mind off of this terrible game and, you know, check out the pay-per-view. <laughs> well, it, it's all parlayed into your podcast now and, and, you know, continue to have your writing success. Um, before I forget, I need to show my shirt. So I am wearing my, Mr. Perfect kind of newspaper print oh, okay. style uh, Kurt Henning shirt. So that is that is what I'm sporting for tonight. Okay. See, I don't Jason, have a perfect shirt and I need one. Yeah, yeah. This was a good buy. This was me and the boys did, I think. Uh, we did like a prediction pool for who would win the Royal Rumbles. And mm-hmm. I, I won, I think I had... I think I had Bianca. We just do random pulls, and I had uh, I had Bianca winning the women's one. So the other three guys had to get me shirts, and I, I couldn't pass this one up. So oh, okay. Oh, one, that's of new, one of my newer ones in my collection. Oh, okay. Jason, how did you get into wrestling? When did you become a fan? Like, how did it all start for you? I mean, I I remember the day it started for me. I was a, I was a kid, and I was sick, so I was at home, and my mom didn't take me to church that day. Yeah, so I was yeah. at home sick. And she just turned the TV on and I saw the killer bees. <laughs> and I yeah, didn't know what yeah. I was watching, but I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. And then that, I mean, I had to be, I mean, gosh, I had to be like second grade, maybe first, second grade, really young. Yeah. But you know, that's what got me into it. And then from there, I just like, just kept going with it. But that was like my very first time. And those were, you know, B Brian Blair, jumping Jim Brunzel were my, the first two wrestlers I ever saw. And I was like, are they brothers? Like, what is this? Right. And then I got just, the matching you know, tights, the killer yeah, bees, you know, the black and, then, and gold. Yeah. Yeah. And then you start seeing the British bulldog. You know, I saw the tag teams first, you know, the Hart Foundation. Yeah. Being a kid trying to figure out now, are all, you know, is Bret Hart like really related to Neidhart or you no? Know, why is his name Neidhart? Like, I was like, there's no way in the world his name just happened to be Neidhart. <laughs> and his name right. is Hart, you know. So as a kid, you're just trying to figure all that out. And you know, obviously you get a little older, you go through the whole hey, you know it's fake thing. And I'm like, leave me alone. Yeah. You know, but yeah, that, yeah. that's when it started. And then from there, it just kind of I just never stopped watching. And you know, and got I thought I would like kind of outgrow it. And I thought, well, maybe once I get to college, it won't be as cool anymore. And then, you know, the NWO happens before I get to yeah. college and the Montreal Scrooge, all you know, all of when the, as when once the lines got really blurred, you know, I was like, oh wow, this is really you know, really crazy. I think I even told the story on my podcast about how I get to college as a freshman in 1996, yes. and I'm kind of nervous about you know, hey, do my is anyone gonna be watching this anymore? You know, you've got like the community TV, you know, 
is anyone watching wrestling? We're like at a barbecue. And then someone yeah. said, hey, excuse me. Uh, anybody mind if I turn the TV on and see who joins the NWO next? <laughs> no, I was like, it's not just me. And everyone's like, oh, yeah. You know, so. Yeah. I've, I, I've discovered more people watch wrestling than, than want to admit it sometimes. And they all, That's true. all they'll, yeah, and they'll tell me, hey, oh, yeah, so, you know, you watched it or they'll see a shirt on Instagram and where'd you get that shirt? And, you know, so it, it's yeah. kind of kept me going, man, now, what, 30 plus years at this point? So, yeah, you you and I were the same age. I'm 42 as well. So a lot of the things you were saying, very similar. Did you, I don't know, did you have brothers and sisters? Like, did your family watch with you growing up? I mean, you, you touched on that, you know, hey, is this fake? And I had those same conversations. And for me, my, my, my family never, you know, watched it with me or anything like that. It was just something that I latched on to. Was that sort of the case with you? Yeah, because, you know, I have a younger sister, but okay. my younger brother who got into wrestling was 12 years younger than me. So okay. by the time he shows up, I'm already fully into it. And that became kind of tricky because he's watching with me when he's little. And for him, for a, he had this phase where he wanted to jump off of tables. Okay. Of you course. know, and yeah. so it scared my mom because, you know, but he would always jump on me like, like he's watching wrestling. He'd yeah, always yeah. jump on me, but to him, it was the coolest thing to climb on things and jump. And she'd be like, you can't watch this around him. He's going to hurt himself. You know, but it, like he really enjoyed it. He enjoyed at that point. You know, he was he was born in 1990. So like when the Ultimate Warrior, he'd see that. That was like the coolest thing to him. Yeah. He'd just see this 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 color, this colorful character running back and forth. So he'd see that and just start running. So my mom was always afraid me watching wrestling was going to get him hurt. But <laughs> no, it didn't happen. And, you know, I think yeah. I, in elementary school I had a, you know, some friends who watched it, too. I remember I would take like cardboard and make a belt. And we'd go oh, to school wow. at recess and have like tournaments and we'd put each other in holds and try to hurt each other, you know, but yeah, for me, it was kind of, kind of this is what I did. And, you know, as I got older, you know, have a girlfriend, you're, you're really watching this. I'm like, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, get married. Are you really watching this? And, you know, get divorced are you really still watching everyone's always like you know and i've got some crazy just are you watching a wrestling story that i haven't you know you know probably the craziest one was right when tna first you know gets started on television i'm watching uh you know it would come on after raw so it was oh, okay like, yeah. like, you know, like 11 11 30 and one night i'm sitting with my, my now my ex-wife and i'm saying hey do you mind if i watch tna she goes, why do you want to watch that? I said, you know, hey, wrestling's off, I, you know, but I still want to watch a little bit more. And she's like, what? I said, she said, I, said, I want to watch TNA. She looks at me and goes, if you insist on watching porn, go for it. But I don't understand. <laughs> and I'm like, not T and A. Right, right, right. TNA. And she was <sighs> like, oh, but yeah, because she was just like, I was like, why are you so angry? I, I, I think I told her I watch it every week. And she's like, you do what? I We're said, not I connecting TNA. here, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I watch TNA every Monday night. She's like, you watch it every Monday. I said, yeah, after wrestling goes off. So she's like, oh, my God, you watch wrestling, and then you, so you watch <laughs> WWE, and then you watch TNA? I was like, yeah, it's like, yeah. Oh my and God. so, yeah, that was, yeah, that's one of my funnier, <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> stories? And then she's like, 
Oh, that's what you're talking about. Just say wrestling next time. I was confused. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's <laughs> that goes back to yeah, uh, Jeff Jarrett and founder and the whole the name and just exactly everybody probably just had that head scratching. Wait, what? What is this that you're watching? <laughs> yeah. This is, oh, it's wrestling. Total, total okay. nonstop action. She's like, mm, right. yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> what it is. Right, right. Mm. Oh my god, Th- those those are great. Um, who who are some of your like favorites? Either some more wrestlers that you kind of latched onto growing up. I mean, you can say some today as well. And favorite matches, favorite memories of that. Growing up, I was a big Macho Man fan. Yeah, big fan. I was always I was like a I was like the, like the contrarian kid. I was never a Hogan fan. Yeah, so yeah. once it was Hogan against the Macho Man, I was Macho Man all the way. Like there was like I was like I am not going with Hulk Hogan. You know, I was a big Macho Man fan. I was a big fan of Diesel as a kid. Oh, sure. Yep. You know, Diesel and Razor Ramon. And because I was taking Spanish at school, we had to pick a, a Spanish name. I was Ramon. <laughs> you know, oh. so, you know, I was, I was, you know, you know, I didn't know. I didn't know there was a click but at that point, but I was a right. big fan of them. And then I was a big, you know, tag. I was a big fan of Doom. Oh, yes. Ron Simmons, Butch Reed. Yeah, I was a big they... fan of them as a tag team. And then as I got older, you know, I kind of, you know, I was still a you know, Nash and Hall guy. Yeah. And then I'm stone, obviously Stone Cold and The Rock. Probably but uh, probably my favorite wrestler from that era, era was Rob Van Dam. Yeah. I was a, a big Rob Van Dam fan. I used to stay up till about 2, 3 in the morning back in the day to watch ECW just to watch him. I was a big Rob Van Dam fan, became the big CM Punk fan. So yeah, I mean, there's a, I mean, I, you know, then match wise, there's a, I mean, there's a lot of different matches. It depends, I guess, it kind of depends what we're talking. You know, which you know, you know, this is probably uh, some of those uh, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart matches, like the WrestleMania matches. You know, still one, you know, the Iron Man match is still one of my favorites. You know, just the yeah. oh yeah, classic. I mean, yeah, to be able to to go and out, you know that. You know, just when they even announced them, like that's gonna, they can't do that an hour, <laughs> right? Right. You know, that was you. Know, that's definitely one of my all-time favorites. Uh, CM Punk hopping the rails with the belt because like, is he leaving? That was uh, oh yeah, all, Money in the Bank, know, yeah. You know, yeah, that uh, the pipe bomb promo, that you know, anything that kind of blurred the lines, I love. And I was like that, you know, to me. CM Punk might be one of my top two, three favorites of all time. So, yeah. I mean, just that whole, that, that's that. I just loved CM Punk. I was, even though I was a fan of The Rock, I hated the way he, that they made Punk drop the belt to a part time wrestler. Yeah. And I'm I, with I, it. I, that disgusted me to no end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. He was, Punk had that super long title reign of like 400 some odd days and, yeah, that was that was the setup that they were going for the rematch of Rock and Cena at mm-hmm. the the following WrestleMania, and I'm like, this doesn't have to be for the championship. You can just have them do their rematch, and life goes on. But they didn't see it that way. So yeah, so yeah, that was a you know wow. that one was just like oh uh, that you know, yeah. but yeah, I mean there's a I mean there's a ton of matches that you know, I look back, you know probably the most recent was the Sasha Bianca main event was one of the best matches I've seen in a long time. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, that stole the show at me. Yeah. That was one of the best matches I've seen. When you talk about, you know, just the physicality, the storytelling, the 
like the real life emotion you could see and just everything about it, you know, just, I really enjoyed it. So, I mean, I've, I've seen a ton of matches. I probably could pick 20 that I yeah, like yeah. at this point. Jason, you and I talked briefly off the air about uh, our kids and, and I have two girls uh, ages four and two. They haven't gotten into wrestling yet. Maybe a little young. Uh, they, they catch me watching it and, my four-year-old like understands the physicality. Like she'll, she'll see somebody get slammed and go, Ooh, you know, so she, <laughs> she gets that, but she doesn't get it yet. And I, I'm not pushing it on them. And, and mm-hmm. uh, your kids are a little bit older. I'd, I'd love to know kind of how you got them into it. And was it something they gravitated toward right away? Um, you mentioned, <laughs> you mentioned on your pod of, little bit ago about your son being sad about Braun being released. So it yeah, sounds he, like they're pretty yeah. into it now. And I, I'd yeah. love to get some fatherly advice on how that worked out for you and your kids. So I can take some lessons for my girls. Yeah. My oldest cried when I had to tell him that Braun Strowman was not coming back. <laughs> right. You no. Know, yeah. Cause uh, you know, he, he's 12 and he gets mad when I turn on AEW and he wants to call John Mock. Like, That's Dean Ambrose. I don't care what you say. <laughs> He knows. he knows what it was. Yeah. 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 And I'm like, well, he doesn't want to be Dean Ambrose anymore. He's like, I don't care. I'm calling him Dean Ambrose. And actually the way I got my oldest into wrestling was a little, it was, it was different because he's on the autism spectrum and I was trying to find him messages that would be encouraging. And so I started buying him John Cena shirts. Oh, that's fantastic. Like, like yeah. never give up, you know, and, you know, and then that just morphed into him loving wrestling. And then the other just kind of followed suit. And they now they'll have our, you know, they'll, you know, like pay-per-view Sunday. It's like our time. And, you know, and he t- we talk about all the shows and then they'll get into arguments. Like the, the big argument for the, was the Royal, the last big wrestling argument was the Royal Rumble. Okay. Um, the youngest okay. is seven. He kept saying Edge is going to win. <laughs> uh-huh. he was and he it. was only saying Edge was going to win. Because he went to go get to the old, whatever whatever his brother said, he was gonna go do the opposite. Uh, so, okay, yeah, he was like, like Edge is gonna win. Then they asked me, I said, I think Edge is gonna win. My oldest is like, no, I'm like, I think Edge might win. Now, I think, I, I'm thinking, you know, storyline, how they're gonna sell this and all that, and you know, so, but yeah, so that they kind of just gravitated to it after that, and now, like, my oldest is just mad because all his favorites are disappearing. Like, Daniel Bryan is, you know, not on there now, right now. Right. And it's like, he's like, where's Daniel Bryan? And, you know, it's well, then it's like, well, you know, where's Braun Strowman? So, he, you know, but, he, you know, he was happy when he saw Samoa Joe end up on NXT. Yeah, right. You know, he was he was happy to see that. So he was like, I thought Samoa Joe got released. And he'll ask me, you know, what is Triple H doing? Why did Stephanie <laughs> let him go? Why couldn't they keep him? Why didn't they let Dean Ambrose keep his name? And I was like, trust me, you know, he did not want to stay Dean Ambrose. Yeah. You know, these are such great questions from your son, though. Yeah. And then he's so into it. I I just I've met a lot of wrestlers like so I know for his birthday a few years ago, I had a connection at the radio station. He got to meet Cesaro and Sasha Banks. Awesome. And, you know, he might have been about eight, nine. And he saw Sasha. He was like, oh. Just like, and then he couldn't be in, you know, because I'm about six too. So at that at that age, whenever he saw someone bigger than me, he'd be like, "Oh wow!" So Cesaro being taller than me, he was like, "Oh my," you know. And so, and yeah. then I like I, I I met Daniel Bryan. I met him at the gym in Vegas once. This was okay. during the whole post 
you know, Nexus, he was he was gone phase. Oh, wow. Yeah. What yeah, a time. And then, yeah. And then I ran into, as they were known at the time, the revival at yep, the gym sure. in Bakersfield, California. They had a show in Bakersfield. And I was at my girlfriend's place working out at the gym. And I was like, I'm like, they look pretty big to be in here. But, you know, like I said, I'm taller than most people. So I'm like, but they look real short. <laughs> it's so, didn't expect it. I was, you know, and I always forget, I'm not like five, seven. So I'm going to be taller than, you know, then I, I'm like, oh, that is them and they're working out. Right. So after they were done, I kind of said, hey, you know, just, you know, fan of your work, you know. And then and it was funny because I was saying, I hope you guys can, you know, I said, can kind of get a better push. I'm like, they're not really doing anything with you. He says, they, they tell me, trust me or trust us. Hopefully we won't be working there much longer. <laughs> so they That's were saying, crazy. They, yeah, knew they were it. saying, and then that, that might've been before they did the, that might've been after the whole, you know, uh, deal with Randy Orton. I can't remember. Yeah. But okay. They were saying, they were telling me just a, a guy they met at the gym. They didn't want to be in the company anymore. So I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, they're not happy. I wow. tell them I'm a sports writer and they're, I'm like, I could have easily run and been like, Hey, they didn't care. They wanted out. Right. So I'm happy for them that they're, they get to be out. You yeah. know, doing what they're doing. Those are some really fun interactions, man. I appreciate you sharing those. Yeah, and I've I've got other ones, you know, being in you no know, probably one other crazy one before we move on. The yeah, summer league in Las Vegas. For a couple of years, whenever we were in summer league, they'd have a show in Vegas, and we're at a casino. We're 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 actually at the uh, the Palms, and Matt Bloom walks through with a uh, Jack Swagger. And I've got somebody who's a, a friend of a friend who's with us knows I, I have a wrestling shirt on. I have a Stone Cold, the Stone Cold wet shirt on that night. And we're just, you know, throwing back drinks, having a good time. And somebody goes, aren't those two guys wrestlers? I'm like, yeah, but I'm just chilling. And this yeah. other guy goes, I'm going to make sure they meet you. I'm like, I don't need to meet them. And he chases after them. He goes, Jason, don't be afraid. They're just people. And chases them through the casino. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm like dude, stop. They're going to think I'm crazy. Right. I cannot go chase them. <laughs> yeah. There's a line. You don't want to be bothering them. Like, yeah. You know, I'm like, like they're come on. The casino. This wasn't like a, Hey, we're in close con. Like I was nowhere near them. I only noticed them because they're, you know, rather large individuals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and especially you who in your profession, you're around celebrities, professional athletes every day. You've, I'm sure you've been around LeBron and Curry mm -hmm. and everybody. So it's not like you're getting starstruck, I would imagine. Like, it's yeah. just, oh, that's cool. Like you said, you were just going about your time. And I guess he figured my 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 reluctance to go chase them down was me being afraid to meet them. So either he told right. me, Jason, they're just people. I'm like, <laughs> it's okay. I don't have to go meet them right I don't have to go meet them right now. No. So, yeah, I've had some fun wrestling interactions. Wow. All right. Well, shift to something a, a little more serious. One thing I've appreciated from listening to your podcast is your discussions you've had on the topic of race in wrestling, like whether that's things happening today, like you touched on the Drake works incident and things like that, or like the portrayal of black wrestlers, how in the past in, in modern wrestling, it hasn't been always positive. I think that's important to talk about. I'm glad to hear you discuss it. My question is like, has there ever been one, maybe a storyline or an incident that touched on race and racism that ever made you contemplate like you know what why am i being a wrestling fan right now like what is this i mean i don't know how many have they had i mean <laughs> yeah right right i mean <laughs> there you know 
you, you know, you look back at some of them, you go, you know, like, was that really funny? Like, or, yeah. like why did I like, you know, did I like that? Did, am I uncomfortable? Like, I look back at the whole idea, even going back to a kid, the whole Akeem thing. It's yeah, like, right, right. Like, that and that wouldn't fly in 2021. <laughs> God, no, absolutely. You know, not. and, you know, the just some of just, you know, even though I, you know, you know, rest in peace to Shad Gaspard, but you know, oh, the yeah. whole idea of their crime time. I'm like, are you know, I'm like, are you serious? Why do you gotta be criminals? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> you know, like yo, 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 they're going to go steal the titles. And it's like, is are you serious? It's like, can we get you know, get, you know, and then you know, it was just like some of this is like the, the you know, the the over the top just like craziness with it, like. You know, you know, the, the nation of dom. I like the nation of domination, but you could tell they were like kind of pushing the envelope of you guys are going to be black extremists. It's like, yeah. And all those guys in their own rights had great had or had great careers. But it was like, OK, I see what you're doing, Vince, you know, and then, you know, even when they when they, you know, I felt bad for the New Day when they first came came out. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. You're going to turn them into like, the Baptist preachers. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, is this, I'm like, this is the most creative thing you can do with Kofi Kingston, make him a preacher. I'm like, <laughs> he was just Jamaican like <laughs> a couple of years ago. Now he's a Baptist preacher. You know, I mean, I, you know, you see some of that, it, you know, you kind of, you know, I know I had a couple of story ideas even for the athletic and one of the editors was like, I hate wrestling. I hate it. You okay. know, you know, the, the way they portrayed some of the black wrestlers, I just hate it, you know, and then as I watch a lot of documentaries and, you see some of the stories some of those guys dealt with. It's like you hear some of the stories that Teddy Long went through and, you know, I just like, wow, you know, but, you know, it's just, it's, it can be, there have been moments. I look back now, like when Kamala passed, you go, wow, he spent his whole career playing a quote savage. It's like, you know, but then I also realized too, in pro wrestling, it wasn't just the black wrestlers. I mean, you know, it happened with the Asian wrestlers and how they were kind of pigeonholed into this, evil kind of shifty caricature you know they made tito santana become a matador i mean (laughs) i mean (laughs) there was just it seemed like there was always just these you go through like you know are we really doing this you know but a lot of i think i think some of it has had to have changed because of this you know time and you know just awareness that you know you can't do you don't do certain things anymore but yeah, I mean, there have been times where people even say, how dare you even watch that stuff? Yeah. You know, and it's yeah. like, you know, hey, you know, I think, you know, especially as a kid, you don't kind of pick up on some of those things. I look back as I'm older and go, wow, that was pretty messed up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and just kind of almost like the insulting of your intelligence, like Harlem Heat, they don't even sound like they're from Harlem. <laughs> right, right. They sound like Texas they're guys, from yeah. Texas. Right. right. <laughs> you know, but, you know, it was just like, hey, they're black. They can be from Harlem. Yeah. You know, and yeah. then I don't know if you, you know, watch the uh, WWE biography with Booker T and that whole incident in Sturgis and how he and his brother, people were like, you guys got to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, there have been moments where I've been like, mm, I don't know, you know, some, like some of the veil, even that whole angle with Booker T and Triple H they had. Yeah, that was a tough one. That one that was, was tough one. for me because I was like, I like both. I like Booker T and I like Triple H, but that was that was probably the last time where I felt really like, oh, why am I doing this? The whole people like you don't get to, it's like, come on, are we really doing this? Yeah. And even though you understand it's a work, you know, 
And maybe that may, maybe the fact that it made me feel that way is a proof that they were doing a good job. <laughs> yeah. But it definitely made me uncomfortable when he's like, you know, come on, Booker, people like you don't get to do that. Right. And it's right. like, gosh, you know, did you have to really say it like that? You know, so yeah. maybe they were doing a good job. I mean, I, I try to remember always that, you know, it's a work. Yeah. You no, know, that, you know, and that, and a lot of times, you know, Booker T was compensated very well for that. You know, and if yeah. he was comfortable with it, you know, maybe I can be comfortable with it too, because it is at the end of a day, of a day, it's a work, you know. But you do just hope that overall, that especially for all all the characters and the you know and all the storylines, they, they just don't fall back on lazy stereotypes, you know. Just don't fall back on, you know. That's why I was really watch. I'm really like watching that whole hit row. Yeah, yeah. It's like I get it, but. Mm-hmm. but can we just not make it so obvious that they're like rappers? Like, can we, you know, I'm like, you know, can we do a little something, you know, let's see what they do with it, you know, but it was like, I'm always looking like, okay, what are they doing? But then again, I always say, Hey, if that's really who he is, you know, you know, I think, you know, if that's who these guys really are, go for it. But you always just hope that you don't see everyone boxed in as a stereotype. And that's, and that's yeah, always that's my hope when I watch the show with that, you know, that's why I like Keith Lee, you know, he, he was, you know, he was different. He's different, you know, yeah. Bianca, she's, she, you know, and that's why the uh, Bianca Sasha match was so was another reason why it was so cool. It wasn't like, you know, Hey, the two, the two girls from the hood are battling. It was, <laughs> right. You know, it was a hell of a match and both of their personas aren't you know playing off of stereotypes from what I from from where I sit and I that made it even better for me and I think it felt like initially WWE was downplaying the historical context of it like it's historical I'm like no say why it's historical <laughs> you've yeah. never had never mind you know two black people in the main event two black women headlining the show the first night and that was to me that was still the best match of both nights I agree. And, and that one, you talk about how they were the historical importance wasn't getting the shine that it probably should have until kind of like that day almost. But I, yeah, cause those weeks leading up to it, there was that whole stuff with, with Reginald getting involved. And, and I remember sitting there as a fan going, we don't need to do this. We can, we can right. make this story so simple as two the champion versus the challenger the royal rumble winner the upstart the est and mm-hmm. you could just make money like that and there's this whole reggie thing and it was like why why yeah, sometimes so, i think to me that's one of the handicaps or probably yeah. wwe sometimes it's like it's unnecessary it's like you don't need this yeah. you know like we're enjoying the story don't mess it up and i think AEW probably has a better grasp on that just hey let yeah. these guys tell the story I mean, they've got their awards. I mean, even, you know, that whole when Jericho fell through the was clearly cardboard. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh, man. You know, yeah. I was like, oh, come on. I mean, but, you know, you don't want to hurt the guy for real. But, you know, it's right. like, then again, there's never going to be another Mick Foley. You know, we've learned over time that you just can't let guys hit their heads repeatedly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, yeah. That was, but yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a, because I'm a fan of everything. I try to catch every promotion I can, you know. Like I said, my girlfriend, where she lives, she can get Ring of Honor. So I'll watch okay, Ring of nice. Honor in her place, you know, and I'll, you know, you know, I'm, I'm my old cable provider, I was able to watch a lot more New Japan, 
So that's why I got yep. to see the pain maker and all that. And it's, I, I, I'll watch rest. I'll watch anyone. So in terms of wrestling, I just really enjoy the storytelling, the physicality, you know, it's, or as my mom used to tell me, they're like just ballerinas that are buff. <laughs> my mom and my dad. When you break it down that simple, mama. Yeah, those, I get those what are you're just buff ballerinas. My, right. my mom loves Roman Reigns, and I've discovered a lot of my female friends love Roman Reigns. I, I can understand that. Yeah, which, yeah. I was just really annoying to hear my mom talk about is Roman Reigns going to be on TV? I'm like, mom, I'm not talking about this with you. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Let's 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 move along, mama. Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so let let's talk about your podcast. Um, I think you you talked about like this has been something that's been in the works for a while. Mm-hmm. So talk about just how it came about. What can people expect when they check it out? Uh, this came about because one, everyone kept telling me I should do one. Yeah. You know, but I didn't want, you know, it's just me generally. I'm, I'm you know, it's still early. So I'm, I'm going to start having guests eventually. But for me, it's just more of a way for me to talk about wrestling and vent about what I see, <laughs> you know, not so much, you know, it gets me away from having to like, you no know, be a news breaker or a news reporter. Like I do, you know, normally with my other podcast that are tied to work so i just like watch wrestling and talk about what i like what i don't like you know and then i'll, I'll go on twitter and just say hey what are we talking about and i'll get the ideas of what to talk about from twitter I'm like hey yeah. you know you know what do you like what do you, you know what's going on and then people will just you know they'll reply hey what about this what about this what do you think about this and i'm like surprisingly a couple of people actually care what i have to say <laughs> you know so I just try to keep it light. I don't tr- usually go more than like 20 minutes. You know, it's just, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, you know, it's a quick little, hey, you know, I'll watch a pay-per-view and hey, here's the read. Here's what I liked and what I didn't like, you know, you know, hey, th- hey, Monday Night Raw is getting way too predictable. Like, you know, SmackDown's way better. Why did they, why did they release all these, you know, these, this, these performers, you know, who's headed where, you know, will Impact be more watchable with fans, you know, just, you just kind of go through a lot of it, you know, a lot of different things and, you know, whatever comes to mind, you know, I usually do about once a week, you know, off season, I'll maybe up it up, you know, a little bit more, try to get my girlfriend to come on there and, you know, talk wrestling with me. She's like, eh, that means I have to watch it too. <laughs> you know, so I said, I said well, maybe she needs to see Roman Reigns and then she'll watch it, you know, then she'll want to talk, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a lighthearted thing, nothing major, you know, just hey, 15, 20 minutes of, Hey, what's going on? And, Hey, fellow fans, what do you like? What don't you like? What do you think about what's going on? Yeah, well, and you know, I'm a fan of it. I'm I'm one of those guys putting the Twitter responses to what are we talking yeah. about? What do you think? And uh, I've appreciated yeah. your your shout outs. And I think yeah. uh, you're off to a good start. You and, give uh, you give me you come up with some really good ideas. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's, it's always fun. I'm always surprised at who who responds because my on Twitter, especially. I have this weird eclectic following of like Kings NBA fans, wrestling fans, and then out of the blue, I'll have like music people. So I have okay, this okay. really eclectic group. So if it's about music, you know, in my in my Kings podcast, we talk Kings and hip hop. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. get the music crowd there, and then I get the rest. You know, it all merges into like twenty something thousand people who have fun with me talking about whatever. Yeah. It's good, man. It all works. It all works. Um, But we're going to get wrapping up here pretty soon. But uh, Jason, you know, I'm a long suffering Kings fan. I'm I'm a, I'm a random long suffering Kings fan from Pittsburgh. And I've, I've been a fan 
since 93. Okay. How did you, how did you do that? I mean, order from yeah. Pittsburgh decide I want to root for that team. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can get into that. So, so I, I, I loved basketball. I still love basketball. Um, so I grew up, you know, we're, we're the same age. I grew up in Celtics versus Lakers. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I became a Celtics fan, Larry Bird, Parrish, McHale, all that. And somewhere along the line, probably around that 93 time, I somehow, I think, I think, you know, the Celtics were kind of dropping off. And I remember saying, you know what, I, sh- I should like a team on the West Coast, too. I got an East Coast team in the Celtics. I should like a West Coast team. And this, the Kings had just drafted Bobby Hurley. And oh, I, I, I hate Duke. I, I didn't like Duke, but Bobby Hurley was a winner. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember, like, looking at, like, a basketball magazine and going, they've got Mitch Richmond. They've got Wayman Tisdale. They got... Lionel L train Simmons, mm-hmm. Dwayne Coswell, who I was like, eh. they got Bobby <laughs> Hurley. I'm like, and I, I just remember thinking to myself, I'm like, these guys can be good. Maybe, maybe not this year, but they could be good someday. And I want to jump on the wagon now so that one day when they get good, I can be like, yeah, I, I was in on it. So mm-hmm. like, I, I do have a, probably one of the first years when they, they switched from the red, white, and blue to the purple, purple and black. I got a Mitch Richmond Jersey. Okay. I don't, I don't have a C web Jersey or Pager or Vladi. I, I, that's how back I would go. Mitch Richmond. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and that's just, it just fell into it. And I think, I think it only grew with the whole relocation saga, you know, that they were going to leave and you know, it was oh, like, yeah, oh, this is, you know, the, the, the fans stepped up and, and everything, you know, is that what it was is. a very crazy time in Sacramento. Yeah. Every road at that point, I was the only tra- traveling member of the media full time. Okay. Every road game, I'd have to go sit through the uh, the visiting media asking about relocation. Literally every game, and it was like, "Could y'all let me get my stuff done first? Because I don't have, you know." And the way the newspaper had it set up was, they didn't want me writing about relocation. That wasn't my quote job. My job was strictly the games. And they had a whole relocation. Yeah, it was tough on me. I remember at one point, some fans on Twitter got mad at me for saying that I wasn't doing my job and I was uninformed because I wasn't writing relocation stuff and I wasn't giving them that. I was like, I've got a whole team doing us. And second, they told me not to do it. Like, I was explicitly told that is not your, no, we've got these guys over here who handled all that stuff. It was was a tough time. I, I figured maybe that fan was just mad and took it out on me. I was like, like, what did I do? You know? No, so yeah, but it was a that that was a crazy time because really, literally, no one knew what was going to happen. Like the players didn't know. The one thing I was certain was they weren't going to be in Anaheim. Okay, I was certain. It was a big one. Yeah, I said there was no way in the world the Lakers and Clippers allow them to be in Anaheim. I said that's not that space. I I told everyone I'm not worried about Anaheim. I thought Seattle was going to happen. Yeah, and I was I was prepared to get ready to go back to covering the NFL. Yeah. It's, it's crazy uh, how it all turned out. Um, the new arena, you know, the team stayed. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it hasn't been a whole lot of good since then. So my question to you, will the Kings ever be good again? <laughs> now, all right. Now, now, my serious question is, do you feel they're trending in the right direction? Is there hope? Is, I, can, actually can I, I actually think they are. I okay. think they're a minority. But I actually think they are. I think okay. I think right now the kind of the problem that a lot of people in the media and fans have is that they kind of view it in this big, it's been 15 years. But it's like 
it's been 15 years, yeah, but it's been X amount of years with this ownership group. It's been two years with this coach. It's been less than a year with this GM. So, I mean, I get the whole, you know, you start, you start piling up all the draft mistakes and, you know, even on my basketball podcast, I talk about lately just how they bought so many drafts, just like, I'll, or, or just, or just, you know, decisions with personnel. I'll watch a playoff game and be like, wow, I forgot Seth Curry was a king. Yeah, yeah. And I'll revisit why in the world did a guy who seemed to make perfect sense for them never work out in Sacramento? Like, why did he have to, why didn't they keep him, you know? you go back and look at all these draft picks and the things they've messed up on. And you say, I understand how you can take it as, Hey, this is a big thing, you know, and I get a lot of the fans don't like Luke Walton. Well, actually in some ways I don't get it because it's like, I, okay. Yeah. You know, he's not Phil Jackson, but he also doesn't have the 96 bulls roster, you know? And so, I mean, to me, I tend to take it as a collective thing where I say, well, this isn't working. This isn't working. This isn't working. So of course this part doesn't work. Of course, the, the on-court, you know, the on-court product isn't going to be better if the roster is worse than it was the previous year. So I, but I, I do believe that, you know, Tyrese Halliburton will be better next year. You know, I think, I think De'Aaron can still get better. I think De'Aaron, and De'Aaron knows he can still get better. You know, right now he's kind of a thing when he's great, he's great. But when he's bad, it's like, oh God, like he hasn't, he's still trying to find that. Okay. When I'm not getting 25 points, 28 I can still get you 23 and seven assists. He'll have, like, he had a game this year. He shot five of 20. It's like he went from way up here all the way. It's like, whoa, you can't be that <laughs> that up and down. And he even acknowledged that. So I think between that, I think Harrison Barnes is a solid piece. I think the guys they got at the trade deadline help, you know, will help fill out the roster. Yeah. And I mean, I know it sucks to say, but you got to kind of wait this out and, like, give them some, give them another year, you know? And I and I and if, if it's going to be a situation where you you know you get a top ten situation to get to the play the plan, I think they can get in the top ten. I mean, all things considered, they they almost got in this year. They did, yeah. Even even with two nine game losing streaks and dropping nine of eleven at one point, they still almost got in. Right. So you know you eliminate you know turn those two nine games even if they're those are like six game losing streaks, you're in you're in the plan. Right. And you might be eight. <laughs> Yeah, eight, eight, you know, you, you know, so which, which gives you two cracks at getting in. So I think they're going the right direction. You know, like I said, I'm in the minority. I know maybe, you know, it's weird being the guy from LA who's Mr. Optimus about the Kings because everyone assumes I hate the Kings, <laughs> <laughs> but I really don't, you know, but I, I think yeah. that I, you know, I think that they're, they're going the right way. It, I mean, it may not happen quickly, but I think it's going that way. But the, I, I kind of get it too, though, because every time I've thought that, They've blown it up for some weird reason. No, I thought they were on the right way with Michael Malone. They fired Malone. I thought the year they traded DeMarcus, they were they were a game and a half at the playoffs when they traded DeMarcus. Or, or a game and a half or two and a half, something like that. They, they were right there. Right there, yeah. And they traded them even the year before that during the George Carl season. And I think I talked to some people later on. They said the mistake they made, well, they should have fired George. If they fired, those guys were a game and a half out the playoffs. They didn't fire George. Those guys just said, okay, we give up. So, I mean, yeah. it's just like, I, I get, I, I get kind of the, the angst and fear of Kings fans, you know, but in my mind, I'm thinking 2022 will be the year they crack the top 10. I, that's, that's what I, that's my prediction. You know, I'm not saying they're going to like win the play in and get in, 
but I think they, I think they'll be in the top 10 next year. And, you know, and then from there, you know, who knows what can happen, but I, I don't think it's impossible. Just, you know, as long as the guys you have get better and now, and, and also if this off season, you make some moves to continue to improve the roster last year, they didn't try to, they didn't get better. They didn't do anything. It's like, they kind of just sat around on, you know, I get it. New GM don't want to tie up bet no money, but yeah, I think if they yeah. continue to take positive steps, this thing, you know, I mean, because I mean, just the law of average that says you can't be this bad this long. You gotta get, you gotta get lucky, you know. Because even when they moved up in the draft, they moved up in the draft twice, you know. And one one guy ended up being Fox, and they get, you know, the other guy ended up being Bagley, you know. Maybe they move up again and they get they get the pick right this time, you know. I don't yeah. mean I'm not trying to you know hate on Bagley, but I mean it's it's t- I know it must be tough for Kings fans to see Luca in the playoffs, Trey in the playoffs, you know. And then you got Bagley, who's just been really unlucky with the injuries. Yeah. I appreciate the optimism. Uh, and I, I <laughs> that, that was like a little pep talk for my fandom just now. Uh, I, I'm, it's weird because I'm yeah. usually the, 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 the guy who's like, oh, this is terrible. I'm like, yeah, I don't think this is going to be, you know, I thought even in, in Jaegers last year, they were trending in the right direction. But I, also right. I thought that year was kind of a mirage. Okay. I thought, you know, because people forget that year. Remember, LeBron gets hurt. Jimmy Butler destroys Minnesota that year with his leg. Like, right. I went out. I said, you know, if, if things go the way that, you know, if LeBron doesn't get hurt, you know, Jimmy Butler doesn't do what he does, they're probably the 11th, 12th team in the West, probably. Yeah. You know, but I still thought that was a, a positive step. I think the, where they messed up was a lot of the players figured, okay, we won 39 games. We'll win 45 next season. No big deal. They come out, they're just getting, they go 0 and 5. I'm like, yeah, like a team, you know, it was like, did you guys really think you were good already? And they really did. And then, you know, until you, you know, and I think with some more improved leadership, maybe you don't come out next season with that saying, you know, you know, you don't have any assumptions. So, and then maybe they'll play defense again. <laughs> that is part of the game. Uh, yeah. They, they've been lacking. <laughs> yeah. They, they've been for me, they're the, the basketball equivalent of, the Charlie Brown's going to kick the football and Lucy pulls it away. And like, that's, that's my Kings fandom that like, (laughs) right when they, right when they get like that five game winning streak. And I'm like, Hey, maybe they're going to get good. They've got maybe the Spurs at home. They could win. And then they lose. Like, and that happens every single time. And I I get sucked in. And I feel bad for them. I'm like, no, this is every time. One six or seven, they're above 500. I'm like, they just beat yeah. the Clippers in LA. I mean, De'Aaron's, you know, going, getting, going by Kawhi Leonard and scoring. We feel great. We're above 500. Lose nine in a row. Right. <laughs> right. Every time. Every we write time. the ship. We figure it out. You know, we're doing good. Hey, <sighs> we, we won seven of eight. We're feeling great. Listen, we can't certainly lose nine in a row again. Yes, we can. <laughs> so and, true. And some of the ways they lose is just like, what am I watching? Yeah, like the, I mean, like the perfect storm of things that can go wrong for sometimes sometimes will go wrong and do go wrong. So yeah, I feel for Kings fans more than they realize because I'm like, you guys can turn it off. I gotta yeah. sit there and keep watching it. Like, <laughs> yeah. like they had the game where they, where they got beat up by Detroit, and like Corey Joseph came back as the second coming of Isaiah. That's Thomas. right. Yes. Yes. I said this is terrible. I said I want to go home. I'm like, I go to work <laughs> for this. I'm like, I'm not even a Kings fan, and I'm insulted no. by this effort. Well, now I got another reason to root for them because I, I'm, I'm hoping that they can have some some playoff fun for you for covering. You know, now now I'm feeling your pain. I feel like I've earned the right, too, man. You have. Like, I've 
I've earned the right to see some playoff basketball. 100%. All right. Well, we'll keep our fingers crossed for, for better days in the 21 22 season. Mm-hmm. Guys, uh, check out Yes, I'm Watching Wrestling wherever you listen to podcasts with my guy here, Jason Jones. You can follow Jason on Twitter. It's at Mr. Underscore Jason Jones. Uh, Jason, do you want to plug, you know, anything else under the other podcast you mentioned, anything else you want to tell people about, yeah. feel free. Yeah, if you're a Kings fan, you don't know, I have the ruler of the court podcast, uh, basketball and hip hop. I also have with the athletic, the culture calculus, which is more like non-sports things. You know, we talk about, we had an episode about veganism. You know, we talked about the WNBA. We'll talk about the NFL and race norming. We've talked about, uh, we have some great guests on there. We had Kate Fagan on there uh, not too long ago talking about the book she wrote about her dad who had ALS. Um, so we have a nice variety of things on there. So yeah, I'm, yeah, I've got, I'm all over the place right now. So it's awesome. <laughs> and then if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's Mr. Jones LBC, which is really not work related, but it's got a ton of, jo- I, I have a ton of jokes on there. So very, Beautiful. very, very, some not safe for work stuff, but I keep it not safe for work, but not like fireable. <laughs> so <laughs> I walked the fine line, the of, line. Fun, of, of fun without, you know, you know, being canceled. All right. Well, that's, that's, I think a way to live right now in uh, 2021. So <laughs> keep, keep doing what you're doing. Jason Jones. Thank you so much. Uh, guys, thanks for checking out this, uh, that wrestling podcast extra please uh make sure if you haven't yet follow our show on twitter at that wrestle pod you can also find me at twp brian that's b-r-i-a-n we've got merch too. get your that wrestling podcast merch at whatamaneuver.net and thanks so much for checking out that wrestling podcast extra enjoy wrestling everybody thanks for listening follow that wrestle pod on instagram twitter facebook and youtube One, two, three, that's it!